many of you recognize the fact that I've been gone for a second. Um, it was graduation season, and so I had graduations all over that um, I had to attend. That, you know, I had no choice. People had guns to my head about it, and so it is graduation season. And because it's graduation season, I think that it's only appropriate to honor our graduate here. If we can just give Miss Kimberly a round of applause. Um, service that um, she, her graduation actually was happening earlier and she chose to be at church rather than at her graduation so amen for her so we're happy for you excited for you and happy that you're here um, while I was gone we started a new series good genes um, have we been blessed by good genes so far um, I haven't been here but I've been trying to follow along on uh, social media and on Facebook so I um, heard some of the messages and I know we started out and we talked about the traits that make a healthy Christian. What are we talking about? Traits that make a healthy? So we haven't got to traits that make a healthy church, which means we're talking about ourselves. We're talking about you. We're not talking about the church as a whole, but traits that make a healthy Christian. Um, so we talked about worship, uh, which reach up. We talked about loving relationships, reach in. And then finally today, we're going to be talking about service, which is reaching out. So I want to be clear just that I'm talking about service from the point of view of you. I'm not talking about service from the point of view as far as Glenville goes, about service as far as you being connected to a body of believers that believe in service and believe in outreach. And uh, I'm not talking about the outreach that we do at Kill when we go out and, and, and participate on whether it's Fourth Sabbath or whatever Sabbath it may be and whatever we're doing, ice cream socials, whatever that is. I'm talking about the service that is personal, the service that you choose to do, the service that happens within. Amen? Are you with me? You with me? Amen. 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 So service is a way of life. It is not an outreach event. Service is a way of life. It's not a what? It's not an outreach event, meaning service is something that you do all the time. Service is something that you're doing on your job. Service is something that you're doing when you're home. Service is something that you do uh, in, in, the, in the grocery store. It's not something that can be boiled down to uh, an event that Akil stands up here and invites you to go out um, into the city, into the, the neighborhood to pass out uh, our, our invitations. That's not really what it's boiled down to. It's more than that when it comes to your personal life. Of course, we always want you to participate in our events that we do have, but it's more than that when we look at it personally. Service is a way of a life. It's not an outreach event. And the thing is, when we go out and do service, some of us are tempted uh, um, to be, what's the word, fake? When we go out and do outreach, because we don't really uh, want to go, and so we end up not really wanting to go, not really wanting to be a part, and because we don't really want to be a part, but we choose to go anyway, we end up coming across just as we are, as fake. But the thing is, nobody likes fake people. I don't know if anybody in here likes fake people. Nobody likes a fake person. And the thing is, when you meet people that are fake, generally you can tell they're fake. And it's funny, they say this about this generation, that 
um, this generation can tell whether uh, a person is fake and doesn't really like fake people. But I mean, yes, sure, I agree. I know that to be true, but I kind of feel like that's all generations and that nobody really likes fake people. And nobody really wants to deal with fake people. Uh, there's a saying that we, we've all heard uh, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You've heard that before. I, don't, I, I would assume that you agree with it, that, you know, kind of when you, you meet somebody and you want to tell them uh, the right thing to do and whatnot, but they're really not concerned about what you have to say until they actually know that you actually care about what's going on in their lives. Um, I, I met one, one, one person, one girl, she told me that uh, she encountered somebody who was trying to kind of give her advice and give her guidance and whatnot, and she had known them for a long time, and um, she said, I don't really care what that person has to say until, I, well, I asked that person, do you know my name? And they couldn't respond. And I'm not just talking about the fact of not knowing somebody's name, because some of us struggle with names. I mean, I'm still struggling with some names. But there's a difference between forgetting somebody's name and simply not taking the time to learn somebody's name or taking the time to care to learn somebody's name. Are you with me? I'm with, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And... Many people today in today's society don't want to accept your help unless they know it's genuine. They don't want to help. They don't want it. A lot of times we kind of feel like people just kind of want to take from you, take, take, take. That's really not the case from what I see. From what I see right now, that's not the case. Uh, if I want to give you something, Dwayne, and, and I, I kind of, I'm not really seeming like I want to give it to you. I'm kind of like, okay, let me do this. Yeah. You, there might be a possibility that you might just say, listen, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> just forget it. I'll figure it out another way. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are some people who say, I'll figure it out another way and don't really have another way to figure it out, but will back off simply because they see that it's not genuine. Yeah. And they're dealing with somebody who's fake. Yeah. And nobody likes fake people. Oh, we're all on the same page. Amen. <laughs> People don't want a handout. They want your hand. People don't want a handout. They want your hand. And a lot of times, we're so focused on thinking that people want a handout and want to be in our feelings <laughs> about feeling like somebody wants a handout. Sometimes the person that needs that $5 would rather the hand that the $5 is in. But we're, 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 we get to a point where we feel like because we're giving the $5, we're good. We're willing to give what's in the hand, but not willing to give the hand. People don't want a handout. They're looking for a hand. Are you willing to give? A handout? Or are you willing to give your hand? I want to look at this quote um, from Ministry of Healing. It says, Christ's methods alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. 
sometimes we got it wrong. Some of us can kind of feel like we say, all right, follow me. And then want to work reverse. Listen, Christ mingled. It said Christ was there. Christ spent time. Christ cared. And then Christ was able to say, follow me. It wasn't just straight to follow me. Christ mingled with, and that's something that we need to learn from Christ. You can go to uh, uh, the next one. Christ called you to serve, not to facilitate service. Let's go stop right there real fast and make sure we got it. Christ called you to serve, not to facilitate service. Many of us kind of feel like, all right, I'm supposed to serve, but I mean, I'm a social worker. So, I mean, technically, I help people all day. So technically, because I'm facilitating this service, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Some of us kind of feel that, you know, I, I do some stuff in church, and I help to make sure this ministry runs, and I'm facilitating it to make sure it gets done. So now I've done my share, Facebook, You've done your share of service, and now I'm okay. The reality is that Christ called you to serve, not simply to facilitate service, not to stand back and watch it happen, not to be hands-off, but to be hands-on, to be engaged, to be a part of, to be in connection with. Let's go ahead and read this. I'm going to sit down. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere there is a tendency to substitute the work of organizations for individual effort. Human wisdom tends to consolidation, to centralization, to the building up of great churches and institutions. Multitudes leave to institutions and organizations the work of benevolence. They excuse themselves from contact with the world, and their hearts grow cold. They become self-absorbed and unimpressionable. Love for God and man dies out of the soul. Christ commits to his followers an individual work, a work that cannot be done by proxy. Ministry to the sick and the poor, the giving of the gospel to the lost, is not to be left to committees or organized charities. Individual responsibility, individual effort, Personal sacrifice is the requirement of the gospel. Individual responsibility, hold on, go back. Individual responsibility, individual effort, personal sacrifice is the requirement of the gospel. What is this saying? This is saying that just because you're a part of a church who believes in outreach, just because you're a part of a church that's go team, go about service, that does not mean that you get to remove what you're called to do personally and act as if it's okay. Because let me tell you what happens. If a church is full of people who feel that way, a church is full of people who truly don't really believe in service, who truly don't want to give service personally, then technically the church itself is not a church of service. 
if you're not contributing to what that church is trying to be. That's how they die. That's why this system can't be set up like this. That's why Christ is saying, listen, you personally, Elder Bozeman, have your responsibility. You personally, Shanice, have your responsibility. We have our own responsibilities for service. Listen, life is not (laughs) all about you. I'm telling you, if some of us could get that, like, we'd be so much better off. Like, life is not all about you, David. Like, it's not all about you. Sometimes you have to be able to step out of that box and to be able to serve others. It's not about you. You are called to serve others. What are you called to do? We're called to serve others. Some of us just need to, we're called to serve others. We're called to serve others. It's not all about you. The Bible tells us in Matthew 28, it says, therefore go, therefore what? Go. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen, when Christ was talking, who do you think he was talking to? Do you think that he was talking to you? Or he was kind of just saying, no, that's for somebody else, and you can kind of just, you know, chill out, go to church, look cute, go home, be done, you did your part. I mean, if that's what you gather, go for it. But when I read it, I kind of feel like, dang, God, you're kind of like, you're talking to me. Like, you're telling me to go. Like, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, we are called to love people. We're called to what? We're called to what? Love people. Okay, so it's about to get real. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go roll over here to the corner. I don't think I'm scared of Willie because he already heard it. So I'm just going to roll over here to the corner, and we're going to look at this. No, look at the screen. Don't look at me. Because uh, <laughs> now, like, what I'm about to show you, like, I don't, I, I'm scared of how you're going to react. So I just want to make sure I'm good. So I'm safe. I'm safe over here behind the piano. Listen, we don't want any incidents with the piano. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Not again. Okay. Listen, if you don't love people, you don't know God. If you don't love people, you don't know God. Listen, that's not my words. Go ahead. Let's show them more. Let's show them. It's not me. 1 John 4, 8 says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let's read that together. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Like, I kind of feel like we can just kind of pack up and leave and throw up the deuces right now. (laughs) Because, man, do you love people? Listen, because if you don't love people, you don't love God. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to stand back over here in my corner. If you don't love people, (laughs) you are a murderer. If you don't love people, you are a murderer. Once again, not my words. Help me out, Marna. (laughs) First John 3.15 says, let's read together. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. 
And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Ouch! <laughs> so first you're a murderer and then, check that out, and then you kind of know what happened to some murderers. That's kind of what it's saying. Like, they don't have eternal life. Let's look at another version for, for what this says in the Message Bible. No? Oh, that's the next one. Okay, go ahead. If you don't show compassion to your brother, God's love is not in you. I mean, I didn't tell you God's love's not in you. That's, I'm just. First John 3, 17, let's read together. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Here we go. Here goes my message version. I'm going to read this one for you. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> you made it disappear. If you don't show compassion to your brother, God's love is not in you. It's a hard word, but it's a true word. Love is an action word. Love is a what? Love is a what? It's an action word. I feel like I don't really have to break that down because you kind of know what that means. You know what, you know what that looks like. You know what it feels like. You know what you want. You know you wouldn't want somebody to say that they loved you, but then not show you that they loved you. Am I right? You wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want somebody to say something that they're not showing you. Uh, look at 1 John 3.18. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. Uh, and now, I guess, this is kind of this is a time to kind of look at your life and figure out, like, are your actions matching up to that? Like, you say you love God, because, uh, I mean, you say you love people. And are your actions matching up with what's coming out of your mouth? The question the, <laughs> that we're here for right now, the question I have this afternoon, is do we really love God? Like, hands down. It's evaluation time. After what we just looked at from the Bible, not from me, <laughs> after what we just looked at, can you still say, yes, I really love God? The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 21, it says, and he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. We got to love people. Uh, there is a genuine joy that's expressed when a person is in love. Is that a true statement? Have you, I, I don't know. I don't know if any of you have been in love or if you've seen somebody who's in love. And there's a genuine joy that's expressed when a person's in love. Uh, I'm not only talking about just, uh, you know, the love of a husband and wife, but I'm talking about like all types of love. Like, I got in trouble for this. I actually got a text message about this pet thing. <laughs> the person texted me because they're in their feelings. Anyways, 
so, uh, listen, I, I'm not coming at anybody. Let me be very clear about every, what I'm saying. But there are some people who love their pets. And there is nothing wrong with that. I am not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is that I personally am not a pet lover. I'm not an animal lover. I, I told first service, I like horses and I like dolphins. Other than that, not feeling it. Don't like them. I'm either scared of them or allergic. I'm telling you, and I have, <laughs> I literally, there, I, I, when it comes to dogs, like I can try. There's probably about two dogs I can actually stand around and be there. Otherwise, I'm climbing on your furniture. And, and uh, to the point where, I mean, if you cannot, if you love your dog so much, I'll put it this way, that you can't lock the dog up for just a few moments while I'm over visiting, well then, I kind of have to just go ahead and remove myself from the situation. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, but that's a love that you have, you know, for that dog. Whereas for cats, I am allergic to cats. I can try to be in the room, but after a few moments, I'm choking, my eyes are red, I'm on Benadryl, and I can only do but so much. And so there's a love that we have for our pets. It's fine. It's a love, and, 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 and that's okay. There's a love that we have for our children, which, of course, it's right. It's okay. I, I, I told them uh, first service. Wait, did Jennifer leave out? I think, she, I think she left out, but I was talking about at first service when we were at um, Jordan, graduated this weekend, and... The, 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 the love that the, his parents had as he was walking across the stage and the love that they were there, it's just amazing. I laugh at my parents when, I, I, it's annoying, but you, I don't understand how parents find a way to like slip things in about the kids. That's really just not what we're talking about right now. Like, like how does the fact that I'm a pastor get into the conversation? Like that has nothing to do with anything. You're just trying to brag because parents like to brag about their children. Which is not a problem, you know, it's not a problem, but because they love them, they brag about them. Because you brag about people that you love. Amen? Do you, amen? Amen. And then you have like, I, I use this one rather than just husband and wife, because when you have like the fiance, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit more. It's just, it's just all, it's love. It's everywhere. It's all over Facebook. It's going to be, it's going to be known. It's going to be known. Which is not a problem, but it's going to be known because you love that person and you're going to make sure that the world knows that you love them. It's not a problem. Listen, but when you fall in love with God, there's a genuine joy seen through expression as well. Listen, I think Pastor talked about this two weeks ago when he talked about with worship and the expression of it. When you fall in love with God, there's a genuine joy seen through expression and you should see that too. When you love somebody, you brag about them. We talked about that. So my question is, do you really love God? Because if that's the case, then I, 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 are you bragging about God the same way we're bragging about everything else? Like, are you to the point where you're like, just like I love my pet so much and you're over here dying and I'm not going to lock my pet up, are you telling somebody, listen, I know that the, 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 the God that's in me, I know that my Christian values are hurting you, but I'm sorry, I'm not going to change that because I love God so much that if you need to remove yourself from me, 
You go right ahead, but I'm not going to change what I'm doing over here. I'm sorry that you're choking. I'm sorry you're on Benadryl, but you're going to have to go ahead and do what you got to do because I have so much love for God that I can't change what I have going on. Listen, do we really love God? Are we, are we, are we bragging on him? Are we talking about him? And then when we think about love, there's, there's more than one type of love. When I think about love, I think about the conditional love. And then I think about the unconditional love. Uh, I love preaching about the band. So I use really first service. My friend is here, second service. Hey, Cullen. So for a, a, a conditional love, that's like me saying, listen, Cullen, like, even though you're trying to act like I annoy you, you're mad cool. So I like the fact that you play the drums, okay? Um, I like the fact that you try to ignore me, even though I know you really, really enjoy my friendship. And <laughs> I like the fact that you play here at Glenville, right? So those are like conditional. That's the conditions of my love for color. Those are the conditions. That's like... If he, if he, if he kind of, if he messes them up, like, uh, I don't know if I can still really say that I have that love for Cullen. All right? So that's the conditional love versus unconditional love. Let's go on before I mess up again. Um, if you, if you, if you save, uh, uh, um, let me look at this. This is like saying, if you save me from this fire, I will serve you. Rather than saying, if our God chooses not to save us, we will serve him anyway. Listen, that's the, the difference between just loving under the conditions. This is saying, listen, King, if you, if you, if you throw me in the fire and my God doesn't save me, like, I don't... I'm, like this conditional love, like I don't really want you to throw me in because I don't really trust them. If I, gotta, if I gotta die for him and all that, like just leave me out. But the unconditional love is like, listen, no matter whether he saves me or not, Amen. like no matter what the conditions are, throw me in. Amen. I got unconditional love. I'm down for whatever. Um, and for the, the example that I use for Cullen, it's like saying conditional love. As long as A, B, C are accurate, I love you, Cullen. So as long as you keep playing the drums, as long as you keep treating me the way you do, and as long as you keep playing for Glenville, like we're good, I got bad love for you. But then I have the, the unconditional love, which I don't really know if I'm there yet with you. <laughs> I don't really know if I'm there yet, but it's kind of like me saying, all right, Cullen, you still, you know, mad cool. You still play the drums. I don't think that I can really take your talent from you. You still play the drums, and, you know, you still kind of treat me the same way, but now you're saying you're not going to play here no more. I'm being my feelings. I'm being my feelings. And I don't know if I can then now say that, okay, I'm with it. It's unconditional love because it was um, based on those conditions that I gave you before that the love was there. So once you mess up, one of those conditions, now the unconditional love is gone. Conditional love. Unconditional love. Good. 
Unconditional love. God has this kind of love for us. Amen? He has that unconditional love. Like he's down, he's ride or die, like unconditional love. It's not conditions, it's he's with us. God expects us, expects us to have this love for ourselves, amen? Amen? And God expects us to have this love for others, which we already saw through the scriptures, amen? Amen? Okay, and then the conditional love, listen, I'm using the word some of, because I'm not putting anybody in any categories, but some of us have this love for God. Some of us have that conditional type of love, like, God, if you, if you do this, we're good. God, if I get this job, we're good. God, as soon as you, things start moving a little slow, I'm not understanding your timing, I'm not really feeling it anymore, I don't know how I feel about that. And some of us have this, uh, this kind of conditional love even for ourselves. Some of us have this uh, conditional love for others. Amen. <laughs> some of us have this conditional love for others. Listen. When you love somebody and you had something that could save them, would you keep it a secret? Like, Tamika, like if, I, if, if you're dying uh, of a disease and like I have the cure right here in this water, like it's not causing me any, like it's not even causing me anything to really just give it to you, but should I give it to her? If I love her, would I give it to her? So it's kind of like we're saying, all right, we love people, but we have this secret about God that can save their lives, that can not only save their, their lives here on earth, but can give them eternal life. And we have so much that we can give them. People are hurting, but we're just keeping it all to ourselves. Like we have our own testimonies about what God did for us that could help somebody else, but we're still keeping that to ourselves. Like it's a lot that we could give to somebody else and we can, we can, we can save them, yet we're still just so selfish and not concerned about anybody else but, but ourselves that we're holding on to all the treasures that we have and we're not giving away the secret that we have that could potentially save someone's life and beyond saving their life, it could give them eternal life. Listen, I, I cannot expect to love others unconditionally if I don't love Christ unconditionally. Like, there's no way you can expect to love people unconditionally and you don't love Christ unconditionally. Like, people are crazy. Like, don't think I'm, don't think I'm saying that all this loving people is just simple and easy. You need Christ in order to do that. I can't love anyone unconditionally without being connected to Christ. Listen, we got to stop cheating on God. Many of us are cheating on God. Uh, you're cheating on God with your house. You're, you're, you're cheating on God with your spouse. Like, you're cheating on God with whatever... <laughs> you're cheating on God with whatever you choose to spend more time with. Whatever you choose to spend more time with, whatever you care about more, whatever you're giving the number one spot in your life, you're cheating on God. God is saying, listen, give me my time. And we're, 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 we're putting everything and anything in front of him. We're cheating on God with the Cavs team. Like some of us are so invested in, in the sports. Amen, they won. But we're cheating on God. Some of us need to make sure we give God our time First, his time first. Um, some of us are cheating on God with our careers. 
We don't know what's going on with God, but we know that, you know, we're che- we're, 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 our careers are good. Some of us are cheating on God with social media. Like, social media is your life. Like, we're always on it. Like, Facebook is cool, but, like, give it a break. Like, we cheat on God with fill in the blank. Like, I can't fill in your blank. But we all have a blank where we're, we're giving something else more time than God, and we're putting something else above God, and we're not giving God his time. Listen, some of us are cheating on God with our cars. Listen, I'm sick of cheating on God, are you? I'm sick of cheating, personally, this is me now. Uh, I, was, I, I usually have some type of something, some type of object to preach with, just that's how I am, I like to see things, but today we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to use visual pictures, okay? That's our object for today. And we're going to get a little bit personal. So basically, I'm sick of cheating on God. Um, go ahead, because you know I did this. One. Okay, mm-hmm. help me. Uh, let me just let y'all read this. I know somebody's feeling me on this. Basically. Listen, I am so sick of these Cleveland potholes. <laughs> like, I am sick of them. I have come to the conclusion that I was not created to drive here. Uh, Facebook, you don't know about it, but Cleveland has potholes everywhere on every street, and they are deep. And I literally, I can't, this is not for me. It's really, it's really not for me. It's not for me. Um, and I think that's because, like, within the first two months of me getting here, um, you know, I hit one or clearly a few, a lot, and one of them took my tire out. And so like, wait, wait, I shouldn't say out. No, I didn't take it out. I messed my tire up. So I go to the tire place and they're like, oh, you have a bubble in your tire. I'm like, well, what is a bubble? Like, who's ever heard of that? Y'all knew that? It's just me, okay. Uh, So I never heard of a bubble. So I'm like, okay, can you patch it up? Like, you know, know, I'm thinking like a, see, somebody else needs to know. Yeah, it's like a little, like an actual bubble and it cannot be patched. Like you have to buy a new tire. Now, meanwhile, before I came, I just bought four new tires because I was going to Cleveland in the snow. So my mom's like, you got to buy new tires for weather, blah, blah, blah. So I do that. So now I mess up a tire that costs a lot of money. So I'm in my feelings because I had to buy a new tire. So now, sorry, got it, slow down. So now I, I'm getting passionate about this. I really hate this pothole. So now <laughs> every time I see a pothole, like, I'm just like, nah, I'm not about to hit it. Like trying to miss the potholes. And so, go ahead. <clears throat> trying to miss the potholes. Now, I've told you guys about my car struggle just a little bit. I think we're clear um, now. I'll just say one more time that I have a nice car now, but that was not always the case um, because the car that I had wasn't about to make it to Ohio, so I had to get a new car to get to Ohio. All right? Are you with me? Amen. So I was happy about my car, my first car, new car. Happy about it. I thought I wasn't, like, really attached to it, but, like, you know, had my car, my car struggle. And so, like, three weeks ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, um, I was driving, no, my sister was driving, but we were in my car. And um, we were, like, heading off of a cliff, and I was praying. And um, we did not fall. Uh, We we got in an accident. We 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 didn't die or anything. And so I was in Alabama at Oakwood for graduation two weeks ago. And... My sister needed to use my car to take my mom somewhere. So I'm like, ooh. But in the dream, she crashed my car. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really say no. Like, no, you can't use my car to take mommy somewhere. I can't do that. That's, it's not really nice. That's kind of rude. So I was like, all right. 
Um, you know, go ahead. So actually, after she came back, I told her about the dream. She's like, whatever, nobody's about to crash your car, da, 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 da. Whatever, so we had that whole scene. So now I'm, um, go to the next one because I remember. <clears throat> okay, so now I'm, I'm, the first point that I'm making is that you just shouldn't get too attached to earthly things. Um, amen? Because we all have some earthly thing that we're kind of attached to. So now I'm driving back. Remember those potholes I told you back? I, I'm driving back. I see a pothole in the road. It's raining. I swerve. My car spins. And it hits the middle of the median. And it bounces back into the middle of the road. And I'm just like, if, look, to be honest, at first I was like, I'm spinning. But I think, I'm like, but God's going to stop this so that I don't hit anything. Then I'm like, I thought about my dream, and the only thing that I could think of, I was just like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I hit the middle of the median, and it bounced back. And then my next thoughts are, like the movies, the car's going to blow up. You have to get out. And so I'm just trying to figure out how to get out of the car. I hop out the car. There's a guy that stops. He wasn't involved in the accident. He stops, and he's like, yo, um, he's like, put the, put the, um, Turn the car off. He's like, turn the car off. And so I'm like, oh, I can't get the car off. I can't get the car off. And he's like, uh, is it in park? I'm like, oh, right. It's not in park. So I put the car in park. I get out of the car. And I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get over off the, um, the thing. And like, that was my only concern. And then I really, like, in that process, I looked up. And I looked at all the cars that were coming at me. And I'm just like, dude, like, there's an 18-wheeler um, truck that's, like, like, right there in the middle. And I'm in the middle. And I'm just like, wait a minute. But all those cars, they just stopped. And it was funny because as I was telling the story to people, it wasn't until then that I was just like, wait a minute. How did the, they're like, well, how did the cars, I guess they saw me. Why were you so far away from all the cars? Like, how did they stop? How was the space there? And I'm just like, oh, you're right. And, and it's funny because I don't know where I am on the thing, but I messed up now. But, like, literally, like, I was like, I'm not about to... Um, I'm not about to like share it because I really just hate, like I have a love-hate relationship with social media, first of all, but I just hate like people in your face. Like I don't really like attention, so I know if I put it up, everybody's gonna be like, oh, are you okay? I didn't wanna do that. So I was like, I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm gonna get my car fixed and I'll be good. Like I figured I would be able to come back to church in my car, nobody would ever know anything happened. But as I was telling the people that I had to tell about the story, like man, it just began to well up in me that I was just like, yo, God just saved my life. Like, like what am I talking about? I'm concerned about what people about to say to me. Because like I'm saying, like, it was so, it, it was only God. Like the fact of where it happened, it happened right by the accident. And then literally 60 seconds after, after the accident happened, so like after I got out the car, these guys show up. Where are we? Go to that picture. The guys show up, and they're like, they're like, um, we're not the police, but we can move your car. And I'm just kind of like, well, who are you? But okay. They get out of the car. They move the car. They, when I say they, they got there in 60 seconds, they moved the car in 60 seconds. And when I say they, they like, they got in their car and left. The guy that stopped with me got in the car and left. And I was just standing on the side of the road over there like, well, what just happened? And I was just like, I was by myself, and it was funny because I was just like, yo, if God hadn't sent all those people just to stop, I would have spent in the middle of the road confused still probably with the car on. And it was, it was just so much God in it that it just, it just, it just, it was just so much God in it. And uh, I'm on point four. I missed like three. Listen, when your life looks like, <laughs> when your life looks like a junkyard, like 
Remember, God can still use the broken. Like when I looked at my car and it was like, I was surrounded by all those cars. I'm like, okay, my car doesn't look that bad. It can still be fixed. But like, listen, you got to trust God's timing. You got to trust his, that he's going to send, like when I say he sent those people in, in, he sent those guys in the right time. God will send the right people your way. You have to trust God. And another thing, when God says speak, I mean, when God speaks, you need to listen. Like, that's another thing I've really learned from this. When he speaks, you need to listen. And the thing about it is, it's not that you need to listen, because I think we all know that, but you need to learn to listen. I'm going fast again. You need to learn to listen immediately. Like, immediately. Because you don't know what the next move is about to be. Like, you don't know what the next move is about to be. Of course, I didn't think I was about to get in an accident. I was good. I, I swerve for the potholes all the time, because now that's what you do in Cleveland. Uh, so I, that's what I do, because, but now, not no more. I'm trying to... Yeah. <laughs> yes, slowly, slowly, slowly. Um, listen, you got to brag on God when he does something for your life. You have to brag on him. Um, things could always be worse. Uh, I'm, I'm done, almost done with this story, but just literally, like, I'm in the back of the cop car. <laughs> and I'm looking out the car, like, with the bars on the window, and I'm looking like, I don't belong here. And then... There's like, there's no cushions on the seat. And I'm just like, man, like I didn't know the back of the car car was that bad. And I'm just like, you know, you never, you just never know. It's so easy to look at, look at your situation. You have to know that something could always be worse. Something could always be worse. And God restores. Oh, amen. Listen, God restores. My car is fixed. Can we just give a round of applause to Craig Long? Yes, 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 yes. Who saved my life. <laughs> who has a very amazing part to play in the story. Who helped me with my, I'm very confused. I've never been through this before. So he helped me figure out what I needed to do and not let these people get me with all this stuff. So, um, listen, God restores. And, like, ultimately, like, you have to brag on God. <laughs> That's really what I, I'm really trying to say right now is that, like, there are people out there who have something that you need. And we are keeping it bottled up. Like, you have secrets within you that could save somebody's life. And we're so concerned about other little things that we're missing our opportunity to save people's lives. I want to be very clear also. How I know I talked about the fact that we have to love people. Listen, I know loving people is not easy. Loving people is not easy. Loving pe people crazy. Not, not everybody, but some people crazy. You know some people crazy. <laughs> and so it's not always going to be easy. And to be honest, it's not possible to do it by yourself. Like, and that's where it's not possible to do it by yourself. Uh, last week, Pastor Yolorda, he showed an amazing um, example with the balloon. Come on, Demario. He bought the balloon, and the balloon that was inflated, he said, listen, that that was a balloon that represented Jesus, right? And then he did this, so we're just gonna, we're gonna just continue his sermon. He's not here, so we'll tie it onto the chair here. So he had the balloon that represented Jesus. And of course, it's flying high, right? And then you can bring the, um, the tank 
And then he, he showed us, he showed us that sometimes that we will, what we will do uh, is decide that we want to imitate Jesus, correct? I wasn't here, so I was, you can set it there. I wasn't here, so y'all helped me out because I was watching on the phone, okay? So am I right? That sometimes we'll try to imitate, and so we'll... Probably should have done this before. So then what we try and do is we try and keep our balloon and make our balloon be like Jesus' balloon, right? And so we try and keep it up. Now, when it comes to service, because that's what we're talking about today. Uh, I know I said a lot about everything, but... This is what we're talking about. It wasn't, just about. it wasn't just about my car. It wasn't just about, you know, God uses the broken. We talked about a lot, but we talked about service. Now, I don't, uh, um, if we're trying to do this, like, if you, I mean, if you're good enough, which I think he said, if you're good enough, like, you can keep your life up without connecting to the source, without connecting to the tank, without, which is God, without connecting, without being connected, you can keep it up if you're good enough. So, like, I mean, if you're trying to be kind, like, I'm good. I can keep up kindness. But if other things start to enter, if I just realize I'm kind, but I need to be more loving, if I'm just kind and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be kind, I'm good. But if all of a sudden I decide I want to be more loving, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, wait. Loving, kindness, joy, uh-oh, peace. And I'm trying to hold it up because now I want to go out and do outreach. And I'm supposed to be going out and do service. But now I'm trying to go out and serve others. But I'm so busy trying to keep, yeah, I failed. Trying to keep, <laughs> I'm so busy trying to keep my life together that I have absolutely no time, absolutely no energy, absolutely no way possible that I can reach out and be able to check on you. Because I'm so busy consumed with trying to keep myself together, keep my life together, keep myself looking like Christ, because I'm not connected. Because if you're not connected, like we learn, like it might be kind of possible to kind of make it imitate, to kind of juggle it, but eventually, first of all, eventually you're gonna drop it because eventually you're gonna get tired. I don't care even if I just had the one. If y'all left me in here, <laughs> you came back probably maybe maybe 30 minutes you're gonna get tired and beyond that like when we try and juggle all this stuff ourselves and we think that we got it and then we try and reach out and love others like you cannot do that and because you cannot do that you got to figure out how to do that because clearly the bible says that if we're going to love God, then we have to love others. So if we're not loving others, that means we're not loving God, which means we're doing something wrong. Like, hopefully I messed you up just now. Like, that's, that was the point of this. It messed me up in reading that. that listen, like, if I'm not loving others, and when I say others, like, I'm not just talking about the people, like, you know, that you're cool with. I'm not talking about the people that are your role. I'm not talking about your band friends. I'm not talking about Willie and Colin. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people. 
And you want to know what people includes? People includes everybody who's watching on Facebook. It includes you, other kids. It includes you, other boys. It includes everybody that's in this room right now. That's people. It includes your enemies. It includes those people that get on your nerves. It includes the people that are driving. <laughs> Clearly, I have some driving things. <laughs> it includes those potholes. No, no, it includes, it includes everybody. People. It includes people. So right now, the question goes back to, do you love God? And do you love him unconditionally? Because based off what the Bible is telling us, if we love God, then we love people. And the way I'm telling you right now is I'm going back to what Pastor the Lord has said. Because he told us what to do. Like, you have to be connected. Because the time you, the time you try and disconnect and you go off by yourself, it is impossible. It's impossible. You can't get mad at yourself. You might, I know I do. You can't get mad at yourself. Well, you should be mad at yourself, honestly. When it's time to go do outreach and it's time to go do service and you don't wanna go. When you'd rather just kinda sit back and do your own thing. And when I'm talking, and I'm not just talking about on Sabbath, I'm talking about daily basis all the time. Like your mindset has to shift. And like naturally, I don't think we have that mindset. Like, I know for me, like, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, that my, my mom, I remember I was young and she stopped and picked up a, a lady off the side of the road who smelled like complete urine. And me and my sister, I was young and I'm looking like, yo, what like, what is she doing right now? And we're in the back. I mean, we didn't say nothing. We knew what that was going to do. But, like, we were quiet, but kind of like, yo, what's going on? And it's just like that, that right there has stuck with me all my life to the fact of that's how, that's how my mindset should be. And I'm not saying we have to pick up, I'm not saying that, you be with me, but I'm saying that our mindset has to change to the point where we got to love people. And I'm not talking about that fake type of love, because don't nobody want that. You might as well just keep that in your pocket. Nobody wants that. So right now, look, I want to just pray. I'm here first, just praying for somebody that's saying, listen, I kind of thought I loved God. But now I got a lot of people that I know that I'm really just not loving. And so I realized I got some reevaluating to do. I got some things to do. Like I got some things to change, some things to check on. And if you want to just stay, like I want you to actually like walk down and say, listen, God, God, I'm, 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 I'm sorry and I want to do better. Like that's a, the loving thing about God is that he loves us unconditionally even though we haven't shown him that unconditional love. And that's the exciting part about this. So if you just want to say, listen, I, I realize that I got to switch some things up. That first of all, I need to start bragging on God for being so good. I need to start telling somebody about what I know so that their life could be changed. 
I just want to invite you now just to join me here just to say, listen, God, I haven't loved you right. I'm first to say, God, I need to love you better. And I realize that in order for me to love you better, I need to be connected. If that's your prayer, I want you to meet me here. 